Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Exercise Engineer. This week I'm talking to you guys about input versus output. Now, I know there's a lot of things all over social media and I'm going to explain a little bit more about what I mean by input versus output, but when it comes to fat loss and health and nutrition and fitness, there's a lot of wishy-washy stuff online and I just want this episode just to clear up exactly what you need to do if you want to become the healthiest, happiest and strongest version of yourself. So without further ado, let's just cover quickly what I mean by input versus output. So the output, I guess I mean, this is the stuff that your body is going to be doing. Like the, the output is the workout, it's the running, it's the sport that you choose to do, it's your general movement throughout the day, it's your body, it's the output to which your body is getting it done, if that makes sense. So that is what we're fueling for, we, the output is what our body looks like at the end of the day, that sort of vibe. The input are things that we do or things that are promoted to us to do that assist the output. So this is all like the shiny bits, all the stuff that goes into being the, supposedly the happiest, strongest version of ourselves. So these are things like obviously nutrition, that's definitely an input thing. This is sleep and recovery. Um, and then we start to get into a little bit more of the wishy-washy stuff, more like ice baths, foam rolling, mobility, supplements. You get those like spiky mats that you can lay on now. Uh, and it's all of those extra shiny bits that we obsess more over thinking that's what we need to do because those are like, those are the sexy bits that people promote on Instagram all the time all over social media as like, these are the things that you need. And this is why your previous diets haven't worked because you haven't been incorporating all of this. And yes, there are so many benefits to each of those things, but there is a huge, huge, huge overemphasis on these input things. And to be honest, a lot of them are super expensive. Like, yeah, a foam roller, nah, that, it, they're relatively cheap, but they are very time expensive. They they take up a lot of time and I'm not saying don't foam roller every day, but I'm just saying it is slightly unnecessary, all of those input things, if you aren't smashing the absolute basics. Because a, a few of us might be doing all the workouts, might be fueling really well, but then asking ourselves, am I still working hard if I'm not ice bathing? Am I not reaching my full potential if I'm not doing all my mobility? And like, I get asked a lot about which supplements I should be using, which um, vitamins and protein supplements and like BCAAs and creatine and all of those extra bits that really you need to be nailing the absolute basics before we start adding all of that stuff in, because it's just like saying, it's about, like, that's like asking what toppings you want on your pancakes when you haven't even cooked the pancakes yet. It's like, cook the pancakes first, then work out what toppings you want on it. I don't think that's a direct um, <laughs> metaphor, but you get the gist. Like, there's no point focusing on not having the toppings when you're missing ingredients from the pancake batter or the cake batter. You get the gist. 
you get what I'm trying to say there, okay? So it, it, I think it all comes down to how much time you actually have. And, and it's great if you can add a few of those extra things in, uh, but nailing 80% of your input is way, way better than chasing the extra 1%. So when, when we go back, let's go back to a few of the inputs. So nutrition, sleep and recovery, ice baths, foam rolling, mobility supplements. I'm sure there's a way more that we get sold online, like all the detox teas, all the juice cleanses, smoothie bowls, like all those extra things. Yes, but we need to focus, I think 45% minimum on sleep and then 45% minimum on nutrition. So when you put nutrition and sleep together as the two main focuses for your inputs, that's 90%. If not more, it should be about 95% of your input, you should be focusing on nutrition and sleep. The rest of it only makes about 5 to 10%. The ice baths, the foam rolling, the mobility. Yes, mobility is going to help you and it's going to help you hit those PBs and it's going to help you your longevity and your strength and your recovery and your injuries. However, it depends on your goal. If fat loss is your main goal, mobility is unlikely to get you there. But if you've got extra time, if you've got five, 10 minutes a day to spend on mobility, then crack on and do it. That is absolutely amazing. If you can squeeze those extra things in, I just want you to really realize that the main focus here is nutrition and sleep. And that's where you should be really focusing your time and energy before you start adding all the extra supplements. Because like, I know a few of my friends, they might be listening to this, who knows at this point, but they are really chasing the 1%. Really, really chasing the 1%, especially if you've got a Garmin. Like, the amount of data I receive through this new Garmin, I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all, but it's absolutely ridiculous. And some people absolutely love it, and they are obsessed with the data, and they can spend hours scrolling through it and obsessing over each run, each workout. But, like, at the moment, I have not been using my Garmin to its full capacity. I really haven't. Like, I don't feel like I fully need it at the moment because even me, I haven't perfected my nutrition and sleep yet. My sleep is terrible. So until I, I nail my sleep, there's no point me trying to chase increasing my VO2 max by one. Like, the minute I actually focus on my sleep, guaranteed my VO2 max will go through the roof. And it's working on those basics before you start to look at the rest of it. Like, I don't feel like I need those extra data, bits of data yet. Like, I'm still running for enjoyment. Yes, I've got my marathon in 20 weeks, uh, which I'm going to be... Gosh, I should, I should really start properly training for that now. Um like I'm still running most days, but actually putting a bit of a training plan together. I'm going to have to make one, aren't I? That's exciting. To-do list for after this. Just thinking out loud to myself. Thank you. Um, so I don't feel like I need that at the moment, but when I get closer to the marathon, then yes, I will be starting to look more into that detail. But as I said, until I absolutely nail nutrition and sleep, there's no point me looking at the the extra 1%. 
exactly like I said about the supplements. Don't ask me about whether you should benefit from creatine if you're only going to the gym once a week and doing one strength training session a week. Get your strength training down first, then start to think about your supplements. If you're not consistent enough in your strength training or your nutrition, then no, likelihood is creatine is not going to help you to the extent that you want it to. You need to nail the training consistency first, easily, like by miles and miles and miles. So get on that. I think you need to picture your body as like a machine and to a certain extent anyway, because obviously we do have emotions and things on the side. Life does get in the way. But when you think about operating a machine or sometimes a pet, like actually, let's consider a dog. Like If your dog is tired, you let it sleep. Like it will go and nap or like it will get a good full night's sleep. Like usually they won't wake up until they've had a good night's sleep or you're waking up to exercise which is absolutely fine, I think. I've never had a dog. I don't know why I've gone for this example. But I've had I, I've had lots of friends and ex-boyfriends who have had dogs. So I feel like I know. No, I probably don't. But anyway, a dog. If the dog starts gaining weight, you're just going to reduce the amount of food that you feed that dog. You're not going to think, oh, I think we need to give it supplements. I think it needs to foam roller. Or like, I think we need to put it in an ice bath. Like, you're really not going to do that, are you? Like, I just, I feel like I'm really going off on a tangent here with this dog thing. But the more I say it, the more I'm like, yes, when we have pets, we absolutely nail the basics. You feed it well, you let it sleep, and then you take it out for its workout and your its runs or whatever. And that is literally it. And yes, if it's clearly working towards a goal, because all dogs work towards goals that they write down at the beginning of the year. But they would get there so much quicker because they're not focusing on that little 1%. Get your basics down to a T, exactly like a machine. Like, think about how you are going to optimally provide the working capacity for your body. And I think the best way to do this is thinking about your good days versus your bad days. So picture a day where you absolutely smash all of your basics. So you're getting in your steps, you've done your workout, you've eaten really well throughout the day, you've spread out your protein over four sittings and you've eaten three really good meals, you've hit your five veggies a day, drinking loads of water, maybe you've read a little bit as well, maybe you've been outside, enjoyed the sunshine, heard the birds tweeting in the background, that's a good day in terms of health, happiness, putting you first, do a bit of self-care in there as well. That is going to get you there. Whereas picture a bad day, a bad day in terms of hitting your goals. So maybe your alarm didn't go off, so you missed your morning workout, so you're turning up to work late, or maybe you're stuck in a traffic jam, which means you're late for your first meeting. That means you're in a really bad mood and you didn't sleep well last night, so actually all your cravings are kicking in, you're just reaching for any biscuit, loads of coffee, you're absolutely wired, um, you're not eating well, uh, because you're running late, you forgot to pick up your meal prep that was in the fridge, and so you've had to go grab the nearest meal deal, which aren't all bad, but still not the best. Um, you get a packet of crisps in there as well, you get a fizzy drink, 
And then after, after work, you're too tired, you're in a bit of a slump and you feel a bit crap. So you don't do your workout after work either. And then you end up just going to bed or like watching TV in a bit of a slump and then you eat some more chocolate. That is technically a bad day. Unless, unless you were hungover, in which case that would probably be an even worse day where you literally just don't even do anything and lie in bed ordering Domino's. That's a bad day. Or a good day, depends how you look at it. All, all on perspective there, I think. All in the perspective. But in terms of achieving your goals, that would be a bad day. So when I say good days versus bad days, I want you to focus on making your bad days less bad and making your bad grammar <laughs> better than less bad. But you know what I mean? Stop trying to make your good days 1% better because your good days are already good. A lot of my clients get so into it and like Monday to Wednesday, Monday to Thursday, they're like, oh my God, I've got this down. How can I make it even better? Like maybe by adding in foam rolling and mobility and stuff. But that your good days are getting you one step closer to your goal, maybe two or three steps closer to your goal. It's your bad days that are making you walk backwards, multiple steps. So it's those days that we need to think, right, okay, this is, this, this has potential to be a bad day. Let's make it less bad and let's just make it a mediocre day. Maybe it's just going to be a standard day and it's not going to be good. It's not going to be perfect like the rest, like the other days might have been but we're going to prevent it from being a bad day. And looking at stuff like that will help you still make better choices throughout the day, even if you've had a bad start to the day. It is all about perspective. So like when you're stuck in a traffic jam, yes, it's it's bad. It's crap. No one likes it. You're late for work. But you could think about that and try and twist it and think, actually, I got to spend more time in the car, which meant I got to listen to my favourite podcast, The Exercise Engineer. What a gal. It's a good job she blabbered on a load of crap about dogs because otherwise it would have finished before I got to work. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Like your bad days are the things that are going to really pull you back instead of your good days excelling you that half a step forward. It's that extra 1% is not going to benefit you in the long term but your bad days that are making you walk backwards are going to really start to delay how quickly you start to achieve your goals. So let's just go through the bits that do actually matter because I've been rambling on about the bits that don't really matter. I'm sure a lot of people would argue that yes, and like I did a full episode on ice baths. There are so, so many benefits to ice baths, but if you don't have access to it, or they're expensive, or like there's so many other ways you could do it, like just blasting yourself with a cold shower. Like that could be beneficial because you're not, that's no extra time, no extra cost. That in my eyes is the best way to potentially see benefits. Like there's no real direct research on blasting cold shower for 30 seconds, but if there's a chance that it could make my good day better, why not? Or if there's a chance it could make my bad day slightly less bad, go for it. But let's go through the bits that actually matter. So obviously this is goal dependent, but if you are in, if you are wanting to lose fat, you need to be in a calorie deficit. Full stop. Like scientifically, 
speaking, you need to be in a calorie deficit if you want to lose fat. If, however, you want to build muscle and you're not bothered about losing fat, you just want to get stronger, then you need to be in a calorie surplus. So you are gaining muscle at a quicker... I was going to use the word frequency then, but I don't think that's right. But um, if, however, you want to do a little bit of both and you want a bit of a body recomp, not in any real rush to lose fat, then I would recommend just sticking to maintenance calories. This means you're going to burn a little bit of fat while also building muscle at the same time. And that, at the end of the day, is going to make the difference of if you achieve your goal or not in six weeks' time, in 12 weeks' time, in six months, in a year, in two years. Obviously, goal-dependent. But that is down to a T, the only thing that matters when it comes to fat loss or gaining muscle. Obviously, we need to strength train. Whether your goal is to lose fat or build muscle or none of the above, strength training is 100% going to make your life better. It will make you feel good. It will make you feel strong. You're less likely to injure yourself on a daily basis. Your posture will improve. Your mobility will actually improve. Your mood will improve. Everything pretty much improves once you've done a little bit of strength training. And this doesn't mean going to a gym. This means grabbing a kettlebell at home. It means getting a resistance band. Anything that where your muscle is loaded, it's carrying heavy bags of shopping back from the shop. That's not necessarily strength training. That's down to your neat as well, which is coming up. But strength training is so, so beneficial. I cannot go over the benefits enough. So whether your goal is to lose fat or build muscle or none of the above, just general health, strength training is going to benefit you either way. So that is definitely an absolute basic. I would aim for three sessions per week as a minimum. I would rather a client came to me and did three sessions a week, 50 weeks a year, instead of coming to me trying to smash seven days a week and only lasting a week and a half. Like, that is pretty much pointless. That's that's trying to make your good days better. That's That's perfecting a good week and then going overboard. I would rather you just have a decent week, get three strength trainings in there, maybe one cardio session in there as well, you keep your neat high, you focus on nutrition, you focus on your sleep. These are all the bits that do actually matter. So next up, after strength training, obviously, we have, I'm going to specify running, but obviously if you can't run, any form of cardio session is going to benefit this. This is going to help to strengthen your heart. Again, makes you feel better. That release of endorphins is obviously just good. No one ever regretted a run. I don't know anyone Unless you injured yourself halfway around, which is very unfortunate, no one ever regrets going for a run because that's how good you feel after it. Unless you're spewing because you've just done an interval session and it's actually quite gross. But eventually, once the spew comes out, you'll feel pretty epic afterwards. <laughs> that's not the best. I'm not obviously going to make you spew, but you never know. You never know. Um... Yes, huge, huge benefits. So combining strength training and running, I've gone over this so much. I cannot 
recommend it enough. This is called hybrid training and it is honestly unbreakable. I think it's it's one of the best combinations that you can do for your mind and your body and just your overall health, your muscles, everything. So good. So, so good. And then obviously we have our nutrition. This is obviously a super, super important area and it, it will help towards your calorie deficit. It will help towards your surplus, etc., etc. Um, so it will help towards this is technically your input as opposed to your output now. So your strength training and your running cardio sessions, that is the output. That's what your body is going through. And that's, that's the output of all this input. So nutrition is definitely an input, but it's a big chunk of the input along with sleep. So your nutrition, we need to be focusing on protein. We've got carbs and fats in there as well. I don't want you to stress too much over how many carbs and fats you need. Whereas protein, super duper important. Carbs and fats, we can store. We can store for later use. That is what our carbs are stored as glycogen in our muscles and our liver. So the minute we start exercising, we have 90 minutes worth, give or take, of energy already stored in our body in the muscles, ready to go, ready for use. That's why people can work out fasted on a morning if if they've not eaten anything because you already have muscles, um, energy stores in your muscles. So really important to note that carbs are really important when it comes to energy. Like, yes, people, there's such a bad negative connotation with carbs that make you fat, but I've been over this before. It's just the fact that when we store the carbs in our body as glycogen, water molecules attach to it. So we are technically storing more water weight as well as more glycogen in our body. So it seems like we've put on weight. Technically we have put on weight, but we haven't put on fat. There's a big, big difference. Again, with fats, I get asked quite a lot, if you overeat on fats, will you get fat? And the answer is yes, because you've put yourself in a calorie surplus, but it's not because you've eaten the fat that it makes you fat. It's the fact you've eaten into a calorie surplus. You could have a low fat diet and still put on fat because you've gone into a calorie surplus from eating too much protein and carbs. It's less likely that you've gone into a surplus because a low fat diet, um, there are so many more calories, more than double calories in the same amount of protein and carbs than is in fat. So you'll, you can eat a lot more if you stick to protein and carbs compared to fats, but there are such things as essential fatty acids. So we need to make sure we are getting these basic fatty acids into our body because they are essential. Exactly the same as amino acids, which we get from protein. It's literally what protein is. It's amino acids. And a lot of the time these are essential as well. And then you get complete and incomplete proteins. I'll delve into that deeper another time. But just a quick overview. If you are eating animal products, all of these are complete proteins. That means you're getting all of your amino acids in one food. Whereas if you are a veggie, 
These are classed as incomplete proteins, meaning not all of the amino acids are present in each of those foods. So you need to pair your protein sources together very um, uh, strategically if you are a veggie and you need to focus on whether you... Uh, oh, what is the word? Sorry. Yeah, you, if you're a veggie, you need to focus and strategically put your meals together so that you are getting your full, complete proteins and all of your amino acids in one meal. Super important. And obviously super important that you're getting the correct amount of protein as well, especially if you're working out. We need to repair those muscles and optimize muscle growth. So again, it comes down to your goal dependencies, but protein whether you are working out or not is still super important and it's going to help you stay fuller for longer. So really important that you do focus on your protein. I never give my clients carbs or fat goals because it comes down really to what you prefer. So if you, if you like eating high fat foods like salmon, avocado, cheese, absolutely fine and you can work that into your meals and into your calorie deficit but if you prefer to eat bread pasta more rice based things more vegetables that's absolutely fine too so it comes down to total preference that's why i don't fully like when people only track macros because it seems really restricting. Like, I think it's way more restricting trying to hit a protein goal, a carb goal, and a fat goal. I would much rather try and hit a calorie goal and a protein goal because it doesn't really matter then at the end of the day what your calories are made up of as long as you are hitting your minimum protein goal. That, to me, once you've perfected that, then can you start to think about your supplements and your mobility and your ice baths and all of that extra stuff? Again, with sleep, so, so important that you are getting enough sleep. And I feel like such a hypocrite saying this. I'm really sorry. I don't get enough sleep. And I can tell the days that I don't get anywhere near enough sleep because... I do crave a lot more sugar and I'm reaching for coffee a lot more and I just, I can't focus as much. And it's it's really, really difficult to promote sleeping when I know that I don't sleep enough. But I've seen the benefits. I used to get so much sleep and my focus was ridiculously better. Like, ridiculously better. So you might be thinking, well, Lou, why don't you just get more sleep now then? And I don't know. I'm in this horrendous cycle that means that I'm creating my reels on a nighttime in bed and then have to stick around to see how it ends up doing. And then I start thinking about my reel and then my, my brain is buzzing. So I can't get to sleep until after 11 o'clock. But because I'm now in Bondi, I'm waking up at 5am, if not before, to get up and go to run club or Murph or do my morning workouts. Like it is not good. However, I have learned to become a bit of a napper. 
I can now nap. I never used to be able to nap. The only time I used to nap was on an aeroplane or sometimes in a car if I was really, really tired or hungover. Like just put me in, in the back and just let me fall asleep. But I could never nap during the day. Like I never used to understand people who literally just put themselves to bed in the middle of the day. I didn't get it. I was like, what a waste of time. Whereas now, because a lot of my clients are awake when it's, when I'm asleep, it makes me stay up later on a night. And then obviously I'm up first thing in the morning. So actually the most beneficial time for me to sleep is to have a little cheeky nap at around 1pm. A nice one till two nap post lunch slump is starting to go down an absolute treat. Um, so yes, you could say that I probably am getting enough sleep now, uh, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I definitely need to focus on my nighttime routine, um, which will help inevitably with my morning routine. So things with your nighttime routine, I want you to plan. I want you to prepare your bag. So literally, like I, if I've had a really good nighttime routine, I will have a shower, put my PJs on, brush my teeth, set out my bag for the next day, set out my clothes for the next day. So literally when my alarm goes off, I can just get up, go to the toilet, brush my teeth, peel my clothes on, which I've got out in front of me. I can do all this in the dark and then literally walk out with my bag and it's all ready to go. And that is the most efficient way I can do it. I've got it down to 12 minutes. I can do that now. So... But that morning routine would not be anywhere near as quick and effective if I hadn't done my nighttime routine properly. So I do need to do a little bit more emphasis on nighttime routine, i.e. the minute I go for my shower, the phone goes down and nothing else. I do not pick up that phone again. That is going to be the key difference between me getting enough sleep and not getting enough sleep and preparing my reels in advance. So that means I'm going to have to start putting them together maybe at more like tea time instead of an evening. So I just need to get into a bit more of a habit. And again, this is exactly the same as I would teach any of my clients. It's just doing it consistently enough for a long enough period of time that it will turn into a habit and then I'll get used to that amount of sleep and it'll be absolutely fine. Another thing that will help is your NEAT. This could be classed as an input or an output really because it's your body moving but I would put it as an input towards achieving your fat loss goals if you have those because your NEAT is going to be super beneficial in helping you create a deficit without eating too little. So the more you can move throughout the day, the less you have to cut down on your food. And I know I'm not trying to say that you need to walk off what you've eaten at all. Let's get that mindset out of the window. Absolutely not. But I'm just saying it will make it easier to stick to your calorie goal if you are increasing your steps by even just 2,000 a day. That's only a little extra... 20 minute walk, if that. So I would definitely focus on your neat. Maybe you just clean the house a little bit more. Get get two cleaning sessions in a week or maybe an extra hoover session, a dance around the kitchen. Maybe you while you're cooking, you do some wall sits, you do your press-ups in between. I don't know, just stay more active 
more times throughout the day. Like get up, get the drinks, go for the coffee round or the tea round at, at work. Get up out of your seat more often. If, like set yourself a little timer and make sure you walk around for a mi minimum of two or three minutes. That's like two or three hundred steps without even thinking about it. And racking that up over a 10 hour day, that's an extra 3000 steps that you've just done by just walking around every hour for two minutes. Easy, easy steps that you don't really have to think about. You've just got to set that alarm and get the movement in. And actually it'll help you focus for the next hour because moving your body, taking your mind away from the work and then sitting back down to crack on more is going to benefit you so much more in terms of productivity instead of trying to sit there for four hours straight because your eyes will start to glaze over. You need to give yourself a different stimulus so that you can then sit back down and return to that focus zone and inflow state. So really, really beneficial. I feel like I have harped on a little bit more about this now, but neat activity, super beneficial. But these are all the bits that actually matter. So until you've smashed all of those things, so your calorie deficit or your surplus, depending on your goal, you are strength training, some form of running or cardio session, your nutrition, you've got your protein down, carbs, fats, fiber in there as well, your greens, try and get your food in first before you supplement. Then you can start to think about supplements that also focus on your sleep, focus on your neat. Then you can start to focus about if you want to do an ice bath, recovery, foam rolling, mobility, and all those other extra supplements as well. Try and get your vitamins in, vitamins and nutrients in via food first. If you can't or you're really struggling, that is what the supplements are there for. They're not a replacement. It is a supplement. They are there to supplement your diet. So the diet comes first, then the supplements come, I was going to say second, but not even second. Nutrition, sleep, then I would say mobility and recovery, then I would say supplements, then I would say all the excess. So I hope that was beneficial because there is a huge, huge overemphasis on all those input things on Instagram. And I don't want you to think that you won't be able to achieve your goals without them because you 100% can. Just think about how many people used to achieve their goals decades ago before all of these new sexy things came into place. Like we didn't have all these supplements before. We didn't really have ice baths. Yes, people went for cold water dips, but it's definitely much more of a thing now. Mobility, again, much more of a thing now probably because we're sitting down at our desks a lot more than people did decades ago. So we do need to focus on mobility. But again, if you are getting up, moving your body in between, focusing on your posture when you are sitting down, getting ergonomic chairs and mats and keyboards and mouses, that's all really going to help in terms of recovery as well. So really make sure you're getting all these down. You've got your calorie deficit, your strength training, your cardio, your nutrition, your neat, sleep, all of that. Nail that and then start to think about the extra 1%. Then get a Garmin and think, right, okay, what's this VO2 max? What's my breathing variation? I've not even started looking through some of this yet, but honestly, it's it's really, really good. And I'm not putting you off getting one, but heart rate variability 54. What does that even mean? 
I really, I don't know. I don't know. Heart rate, I know that one, obviously. Sleep score. Oh my God, the best thing about this, actually, before I go, is it gives me a body battery and oh, it is just the best. I feel like it's such a good excuse when people, it sounds really bad, but if someone asks me if I want to go out or something, I'll look at my body battery and if it's 13 out of 100, I'm like, do you know what? Watch says no. <laughs> my body's only, I'm only working at a 13% capacity at the moment and it's... <laughs> It's a bit of a cop-out, I'm not going to lie. And I'm probably going to look back at this episode and be like, Lou, really? Why did you just, A, admit that, and B, actually think that that's going to benefit you in any way, shape or form? But this is a good way for me to look at it and think, actually, maybe I do need to have a quick nap because my body is not ready. Another thing it gives me is... um training status or training readiness that's always a good one as well so training readiness I suppose that's linked to body battery but it's yeah how much has my body recovered since I last trained uh, at the moment we're at a moderate we're at a moderate 52 which I think is good because it's usually in red and it usually says poor <laughs> so that is good maybe that nap did do did do me well did do me well there okay I think I'm going to do a full episode on um, all my Garmin stats. But yeah, give me a chance to um, do a few more runs, work it out a bit more, put my marathon training plan together, and then I think I'll do a full episode on that. I've done a marathon episode before, but that was a bit different. That was back in England, didn't have a Garmin, had a running coach, so again, very different to this approach. But yeah, I will definitely keep you in the loop with that. Just remember, you will achieve your goals if you don't focus on the extra 1%. Focus on improving your bad days instead of trying to improve your good days by 1%. And just picture yourself as a dog. I think that's the the way to end that episode. If you enjoyed this episode, guys, please like, subscribe, review. You know what you need to do. Please forward it to one person you think would benefit from hearing anything you've listened to today. And thank you so much for listening, guys. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.